Amanda, man. What the hell did you do this weekend? Yeah, had the wife's birthday. Uh, her favorite band is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So drove down to Nashville, hung out with some friends, went to see the concert, saw a little Strokes action to kick it off. I tell you what, man. Strokes and Chili Peppers. Yeah, man. I That's tell you high. what, man. Hmm. The Red Hot Chili Peppers, that was probably one of the coolest shows I've ever seen. It just, it made me think like, damn, what was their shows like, you know, 10, 12 years ago? When Flea was they're like... 50, they're 56 or some like shit like that. They're almost 60 years old. Yeah. And they got more energy than I do. Yeah. Oh, it's nuts. Well, I mean, think about it. Those guys are touring all the time. They're like running around like madmen. And they're just, you know, nonstop, day in, day out, buses, planes, everything. They're just like going. How do, you, no... how do you keep doing that at that age? <laughs> like all doing these old bands, like so Leonard long. Skinner, like all these old ass bands. Like how do you do, like, I don't know. These I guys are on know. the Champions Tour of their their <laughs> long time. Yeah, it's, the, their... it's the Champions Tour. Brendan went to the Champions Tour of music and it was fucking sick. Yeah, they Hell still yeah. got it though and they still got a lot of energy, I'm sure. Oh my God, Champions they rocked Tour. Out. And the Strokes brought At the energy to it. Sure. I wouldn't consider the Red Hot Chili Peppers part of the Champions Tour. It's more like Live. <laughs> more like Live. Phil Mickelson on Live is equal to Red Hot Chili Peppers in concert. Yeah. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, they still got a lot of gas in the tank. Welcome to Good Lies Golf. I'm Ryan Sherman. And I went with Zach Grossman to South Fork this weekend, and we had a hell of a time. I got a par. We almost watched a hole-in-one. Zach played very well, as usual. Probably 30 strokes better than me. And then we got Brendan Lawson, who just had himself a hell of a weekend for the wife's B-Day. Now he's out there swinging the sticks again, trying to get it back together. I mean, what can you ask for? Playoff time, PGA Tour. Got the BMW Championship this week. What? floating into a tour championship next week if you're not listening you're blowing it so tune in strap up let's go yeah i mean what a, what a day at south fork huh that was that was epic oh my god the amount of Texas wedges that happened out there. <laughs> the the drivers. Can, wait, wait. Can we can we talk about the Texas wedge that you poorly caddied me on six? I believe it was. That was a miserable decision. Oh yeah, up the hill. Zach, I remember that. Zach takes the blame for this. Absolutely. I am Ryan Sherman's caddy, and I fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I Why don't you explain mistake. the scenario? It was. There was just a big hill in front of us, and I gave the man his favorite club in the bag, the Texas wedge. <laughs> and he's been doing well with the with the actual wedge, you know, the gap wedge, pitching wedge, a Step, lot more stepping it up, a a lot more relaxed over those shots. We've seen a lot of balls getting pretty close to the cup, and I called him off and I told him, "Let's go with the putter here. Let's go with your heart. Let's go with what you what got you here." <laughs> And, and then I six putted, and, and then it took him a couple of putts to get up the hill. And it's number four at South Fork, I think. It's it's oh, a yeah. it's a bit of a volcano hole, <laughs> and you got to really hammer that putt to get it up. It's the like hill. the mini golf hole with a little like beehive in the middle of it that you have to like shoot up the hill. It's like that classic mini golf hole in any hometown. It's it's brutal. Yeah, 
Yeah, and we played with. I'm I'm confused though. Hold up, I'm confused. What was the poor caddy uh, decision here? Because <laughs> I thought it was only putter. Only putter. only putter, yeah. Well, that's, that's what, my that branded shirt. Like only putter. Issue. Only putter shirts coming soon to the merch shop. Yes, on our website. That's not quite out yet, but it will be soon. I guarantee you. I love this the just only. Sounds putter. like a major player issue. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're caddying your player, you know, and in this situation, the hands were feeling good with the wedge, and we. Took just, a trip down to Texas. Hard. Just didn't hit it hard enough. That's all. It would have been a Not great shot enough. if I hit it hard enough. I was just too soft on it. Yeah. And then we almost saw a hole-in-one. Zach's buddy, Steve, our buddy, Steve. Yeah. Steve Larson, one of the best pros on the end of Long Island. Oh, yeah. Uh, Crushes it. Very accurate player. Hits his iron shots super crisp off the tee. There aren't really any people that are I would trust to hit the fairway more than him. Yeah. And he's got this love affair with the eighth hole there. It's a <laughs> yeah. 200 and probably plays like 250 to 260 par four. It's a dog leg around this huge waist bunker. And he huge he, bunker like it's like a massive in like it's like five bunkers shitted into one. bunker. Yeah. It's like a disaster. Yeah, it's a huge, huge area. And a lot of players find their way down there. But if you can carry your tee shot a good in you know, 250, 255. Which is a solid poke you can get over. And Steve has actually made a hole-in-one there five or six years ago, I would say. I was there for it. We oh. all went crazy. We were all 10 years old again, jumping around. And recently he's had some epic shots that have really just grazed the hole, you know, being real close. And we played the other day. He just hit the, he hit the actual flag on the fly and the ball dropped down to four or five feet and he just it's tapped, yeah. tapped just it, tapped in, for it eagle. in for eagle it was it was incredible so Impressive. guys got game steve's got that's game. also the hole that i parred yes mind you yep second hardest hole on par. the course your boy parred it Let's there was go. there was a texas wedge from off the green there there was oh, some was talk glorious uh you definitely felt uh redemption on that fourth hole that you know slightly took, threw you off took my lunch bit took your lunch yeah, he took my yeah. lunch i took it just burned uh, into your brain huh zach it's a moment you'll never forget when sherm got far on that hole huh yeah it was a good it was that, a good one man speaking of burning shots into people's brains zalatoris's putts oh my all God. of his shots come on incredible incredible so this so much week, passion the saint jude the amount of build-up that we all felt to this win that that he probably felt twenty times what we were feeling for him. Oh my god! All those burnt edges, all those second place finishes, all of those crazy putting strokes where the putter just dances all over the place. You don't even know if it's going to make contact with the ball. <laughs> right, right. And that that putt to force the playoff was as solid of a stroke as anyone's made on tour this year. Hundred percent. Dead center, perfect pace. And he had the Steph Curry line. Yeah, he screamed it. He said, what are they going to say now? What are they going to say now? What a legend. So he was pumped up. Happy Gilmore's caddy comes back and wins it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. How the tables have turned. Once caddy turned player. Yeah, I saw uh, Adam Sandler uh, congratulated Will on, on his victory. And it's so great that he... 
has reached out and they have a little thing going. It's such a good thing. I want to see like a subway commercial with them two in it. Yeah, I like would in the love Happy Gilmore style. I would watch how, a movie. How has this like not been put together as a mat or not a matchup, but a team for a pro am? Yeah, yeah, I don't know I mean, how that like, has. How happened, is that not happening? That would be such a great commercial if he was just carrying Happy's bag along and <laughs> somehow giving him advice on the swing. Yeah, and and he they kind of made his hair look like that kid's with the oh with the crazy God. gel or whatever. So funny. Uh, Talk yeah, about a hole in one. <laughs> yeah. Cold cut combo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh what man, a, what a no, game. that that shit's awesome. But to your guys' point, though, I mean, what an epic finish! What a what an epic playoff! But yeah, we talk about the first win always being the hardest. I don't think it gets even harder than that. I mean, how close he's been, and then even the one tournament he does win, like he really had to grind it out and, and fight for it during that playoff. To to a person that we didn't think was going to be there. I mean, let's be honest. We really thought that he was going to be playing against Straka in the final. I mean, no, Straka kind of came out of nowhere there. Yeah. I didn't see him playing that well earlier and good for him, but we'll see if it was just a fluke. If he can come back this week. Yeah. That's going to be a, interesting. He's a, he's uh comfortable on those, that Southern Bermuda We're we're going up to Delaware. So it's going to be a little different. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, Seth Straka, he's just been one of those guys I have not been able to put a finger on all year. Early in the season, during the spring, he had a number of well-played tournaments. He had some nice finishes. I think I'm pretty certain I even had him as one of my players in my uh, Masters lineup because he had been playing so well, and I thought that course would really suit him with being a big power hitter and a decent putter. Um but then, yeah, the last six tournaments leading up to last week, he misses the cut and just it seemed like the wheels are falling off. But just shows you how volatile the game of golf is. You know, one day you, you don't have it. The next day you're contending for, you know, tournament champion. Makes you feel a little better about your own game, you know, and just thinking that way of, hey, you know, pros can be number one in the world and then play like shit for three games. Like that, you know, hey. Oh, yeah. It makes me feel a little more human at the end of the day. Absolutely. It's the most elusive game there is. You think you got it, and then you fire your worst round ever. Or Well, you burn out, too. Things you happen. You out. get tired. I mean, look at Cam Smith. I think Cam Smith's feeling a little burnout right now. I mean, he's been he's been feeling it. And look at the headline, hot off the press. Cam Smith is feeling some discomfort in his hip. But apparently, we have some information that may prove that to be untrue. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, he, I, I know a source pretty close to him that said that Cam wasn't planning on playing this event this week. He has some personal uh, family things that he's tending to. And I respect that more than anything if you're taking your family over the FedEx cup, the second leg of the FedEx right, cup. He doesn't even, right. Like it doesn't even matter. Cause he'll know he'll still place in the FedEx and go to the championship and still yeah. have a chance. He'll be know? top 30 this week, even though he's not playing. And, and he'll still probably even in the tour championship, if he places top 10, he'll still get a few million dollars. So yeah. know, for him, it's kind of easy. Cause if he starts with a high rank, he starts with a high score or low score. So that's 
Right. You know, so he's got he, an edge on the field. He's got an edge line. immediately anyway. So and he'll still finish with a bunch of millions if he can just yeah. play decent golf. So maybe that's how he's thinking about it too. And he's know? also got a good history at East Lake and done well there recently. So Yeah. I like the move. I like the move. I think I love when a player goes with something other than, oh, I gotta get all these points or I gotta, you know, accomplish this and you just take a take a little break. Yeah. What, now, what do you think he's thinking about with the live golf? You think he's really gonna stay put till the very end, tour championships? Stay. Uh, I think he he has plans to play through the tour championship. That's kind of been his little blurb he's given to <clears throat> to the press. I don't know. I'm pretty confident he's gonna be going to live. Yeah, I think and at this point we're all. He's our. He's gonna be the biggest headliner on the on the live tour for sure. What do you think that's going to do for Liv in general? I know we keep talking about it. You brought it up, and, and Brendan was saying it earlier. You know, we're talking about Liv Golf. People are pl- plucking more players. We talked about it with Paul Anacone. I think, really, the market they're targeting is not even the U.S. market. I don't think they're looking to pull all these superstars for the U.S. market. If, it, if I were a betting man, I would say Greg Norman and the Saudis are focused on the Asian market and the sleeping giant that is the Asian golf market. I think they're trying to attract a new Eastern market for golf where it's, that's more accessible, especially Greg Norman being Australian. He wants to access golf in that part of the world more and, and be a, a part of that and connect it with the Asian golf world. And there already is connections, but I'm saying even deeper connections with more meaningful stars, bigger players, more big payouts. You know, I think that's really what he's going for is kind of awakening that Eastern side of the world with golf. I mean, I think that's that's my hot take. Yeah, that's a great point. I really like the idea of the globalness that Live Golf brings to the table. Just in that one facet. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of these guys on the PGA Tour from all over the world who have been dreaming about coming to the PGA Tour. But now you have this other option where, you know, maybe they're not getting world ranking points, but they're getting that that comfort of having a deal playing for two, three years, whatever, as long as they don't get injured, they're paid and they're playing a bunch of different courses. Yeah. I, I think it's just for the PGA tour, the fact that they're, they're playing on us soil They're they're doing quite a few events and they're kind of strategically placing them around big PGA tour events like, and taking over the John Deere yeah, you know, yeah, which is lot. not not a yeah. big big event, but right. they're kind of trying to take those off weeks and and make them bigger for for them, like Pumpkin yeah. Ridge, um, trying to make it all amplified to keep up with this. I mean, and that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, one thing I'm hoping for. I mean, I, I want this whole thing to be resolved, like the you know the the split that's occur- occurring between the two leagues uh, i don't care how it happens but one way or another i just want us to be able to coexist because ultimately what i would love to see is both of these leagues ultimately flourishing and then coming together and doing something like a rider cup president's cup right where the leagues are with playing each other. against each other yeah. very dramatic that would be very dramatic. Very dramatic. That would be very epic. But, you know, how do you get it all to agree? I mean, but I think yeah. at, the, at, the, at the same size, I mean, once it gets to a point big enough, how do you say no? If it yeah. becomes big you guys, enough, uh, how are you going to turn it down? Absolutely. 
And you got to see how pissed off uh, Stephen A. was about the whole you know, Tiger going up for the, what do you keep calling it, the G Summit? Yeah, the, the Super oh, Friends yeah. meeting. That's, that's what <laughs> I did. Golf Super Friends. What is it, Brandon? Uh, Stephen A. Smith? Yeah, dude, Stephen was hot, man. He was just, you know, he was just calling out basically that all, you know, everyone's so pissed off about the the Saudis backing this league. And he was basically saying, like, what the fuck's the big problem? You know what I mean? Like every big box company there is out of the U.S. is doing deals or, or funded in some way or another by the Saudis already. Yeah, it, It's just become very like you got to be very political about everything nowadays. It's very, you know, judgmental. People have to feel that they're always in the right. It's like, why can't people just go over, play the game they want to play and get paid a lot more for it? If right. that's what they want to do, you know, yeah. why not? I think it's a great it's concept. A, it's a, it, it's, a, it's going to be As, a debatable thing for a long time. I mean, sports, sports washing and all that stuff, like, you know, all these terms and political boundaries and like, you know, it, it gets tricky. There's lines. There's uh, a lot of lines in the sand. I think there's a lot of different. I don't think they're just going to solve it overnight. I think it's going to be an issue that's going to yeah. be going on for decades, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm not saying I agree with. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, or don't, yeah. You know, one way or another, I'm just saying, like, nothing is what it appears to be. Nowadays. And, and you're I mean, not going to stop it is the other point. You, so what's right, exactly. the point of what's exactly. the point of trying to resist it if you know it's going to be inevitable yeah yeah right and that's what i think is going to happen to my point sir full circle back to what i was saying is i think that if if they're not going to give greg norman his fair shot at like really doing this in the u.s then he's just going to go to the eastern markets and crush this thing over there and it's going to become huge and then they're going to really have to worry about it when it is a big thing and they do have to address it so it's like do you become partners with it now and do whatever and try to make connections or do you just branch off completely and say shun them forever and this is it a lot of these pga tour players are under the are under the impression that this is it for those guys they're in like a wasteland and they're not coming back a lot of the pros are talking about that professional golfers are talking about that like pro pga players are saying those comments so you know it's intense it's getting chippy out there and, and tiger woods coming together for the super meeting if for those who aren't in tune with this information tiger woods is calling upon all the PGA Tour golfers of the world. He's throwing the bat signal out there to meet with them all at this summit, this Super Friends Summit in Delaware where the BMW Championship is being held this week. And they're just going to chat about it with Jay Monahan and a bunch of people and executives, and they're going to hash out all these things. I'm sure there's going to be a shitload of questions that were asked. There were promotions given. Max Homa was just recently promoted, actually, to... Assistant to the regional manager. Yes, yeah. To assistant to the regional manager. But yeah, he's basically like a player ambassador now for the PGA Tour. He took the spot of Brooks Kepka, and Stedeker took the spot of Graham McDowell. So they all came out and swapped places, and now they have more of a role, which I think, you know, puts some pride on it. Maybe he'll play better this week. Maybe Homa's playing better this week because he's got some pride on his step. It's yeah. going to be interesting. How PGA players assemble. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's how it feels. So Delaware is getting that love this week. Delaware is feeling the super friends, super golf love. They're getting the meeting of the, the wise, the elders. Yeah. It's the yeah. biggest thing to happen to Delaware since Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of Delaware, that brings us to our BMW championship this week at Wilmington Country Club in Delaware. 
par 71, 7,534 yards. It is a long course. It's a big course. Big old course. Fairways and greens, bent grass, and then you got your rough is like a tall fescue bluegrass mix. And a lot of sand, and water's only in play for about four holes. So it's really just sandy cheeks. That's all you got. It's a great combo. Yeah. This course is a Robert Trent Jones, very famous architect Mm -hmm. from the 1950s. There's been a lot of renovation. Andrew Mm -hmm. Green, a a pretty known modern architect, has done a renovation there in the past couple of years. And he's taken some trees out. He's added some more bunkers. He's made the risk-reward factor in the course a little bit more prominent. And... It's a big, as you said, it's a big golf course. So guys are going to have to be really accurate into these greens. There's going to be a fair amount of long irons, whether or not you're a long player or not. Yeah. At 7,500, that's just the way it is. I mean, some of those par fives are massive. You know, it's it's, it's big. This is a big thing. It's 600-something yard par five. You're going to have to hit a lot of good shots. Absolutely. And those bent grass greens are no joke. Yeah, you're back to northeastern golf. I mean, yeah. that's that's what we love. That's our that's our turf. That's our neck of the woods. Oh, we love the bent. We love the bent grass. You got any bent grass down in Ohio, Brendan? We got all the bent grass you could ask for, man. Oh. All of it. All the bent grass. Everywhere. We're all bent grass gals. Yo, I I was curious though. Like you guys are talking about how you know, long this course is playing and stuff like that. Did you see Matt Fitzpatrick talking about? Basically, he's basically saying he doesn't like how it seems the majority of the courses they're playing now are just all the architects are going out there and saying, hey, we need it to be longer. How do we do that? How do we combat the distance? Let's remove all the trees. A lot of tree removal. I think we've talked about that in some of our previous episodes. Zach, you mentioned it. But, um, I mean, what do you what do you guys think about that? Can, can I be honest? looking for more, more variety in you know, course styles. I don't think that really people – have a choice. I think that's just the natural way of how golf courses are doing things these days. They're trying to make courses easier in general for a members to enjoy and for B players like, and, and not all these courses are private. So some of them have to make money. And I think to make money, you have to make the course a certain amount of ease or else no one's going to want to golf on a difficult, difficult, difficult course at all times. Not saying this this specific example. I'm just saying generally. I think that golf courses are you know they're just cutting trees down. They're they're trying to make golf more accessible. Golf is becoming more popular, so more and more people are playing. So I just think that they're trying to make these courses easier to attract more players, to attract more growth, more wealth. I think it's all kind of money related at the end of the day. And even if you have a larger tournament, if that course is still making money privately on the side or whatever it is, if it's not like PGA Tour owned like the TPC Network or whatever. I don't know how that works, but you know, I just think that that system, I mean, golf courses have to make money and then they have a hard time making money. So I think one of the ways you do that is by attracting new growth, new players. So you do that by making the course slightly easier. I don't know, Zach, your take. Yeah. So you have modern architects like Gil Hance, Tom Doak, uh, Andrew Green in this case. I think the big thing about these courses, these modern courses that want to host events and also want to maintain a pretty consistent regular membership that right. doesn't, you know, maybe is a 15, 20 handicap, hits the ball 210, 220. 
you got to make it playable from the up tees and somehow transform the course as you go back to make it the biggest challenge you can for those professional golfers or high level amateurs. I know Delaware at Wilmington country club has had maybe six USGA events. They've had a lot of big amateur events in the past. Yeah. Uh, some of them a, a while back, <clears throat> but they had the Palmer cup recently in 2013 where JT led the U S team to victory over GBI. Yeah. And I think it's really important that you have a good blend from the back, from the tips to the forward tees. You have a level of playability up there while keeping the integrity of the course from the tips. So right. it's hard when you have only this finite piece of land. You know, you, you don't have any land around you to buy, perhaps. Yeah. To... There's continue to to continue to make the course really difficult but moder the, the these architects are finding a way to add bunkers add a landing zone maybe a little further on the tips than it would normally right. be but they they're figuring those, out ways they're getting crafty yeah, they push those forward tees up so that you can kind of slide it right by and it's not a factor yeah they're taking into account more range of golfers as well I can understand where, where you guys are coming from. And I misspoke too. I, I think I said, miss, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. It was actually Patrick Cantlay, but yeah, I, I think he was just saying, you know, it just seems week after week, they're playing the same style of courses for the most part, because all these courses are, you know, a, a lot of them that are being redone and having new architects come in, they're doing the tree removal, they're extending the holes, making them longer. You just don't see as much a variety where, you know, maybe one week you're playing one of these monster courses that has a lot of length and it, it does suit the, the bombers. And the next week you're playing, you know, uh, you know, uh, like a Harbor town or something like that. Where it's Yeah. Very I see what you're saying. You it could be, be more dynamic accurate. week to week. Like it could have a more dynamic approach. Like it could be drastic yeah. change instead of slight change. That Absolutely. would make for a more yeah. fun week to week basis than just like, one course that's slightly like another course that's slightly like another course. Instead, it could just be like one ridiculously short course paired next to a ridiculously long course back to back week after week, you know, and see how people do. It's like really throw in the mix bag because then, then even the guy that's really good, at least he can't keep a flow. If he's got three different courses that are totally different instead of three of the same, like back to back to back, like Tony had an advantage because he loved all three of those courses. You know what I mean? Right. You know, that's how he was doing well. He loved all three of those courses. He And he played lights out. But, you know, just saying, that's that's a part of it. And when you can shake that up a little bit, maybe we will see that. But I think there's a feeling, too, that they want to go, they want to see somebody have this Tiger approach. Like, who's going to do it? Who's going to really set the Tiger factor and be the next Tiger where it's, like, so dominant that we don't even have to think about it? Like, it's happened in basketball. You know, the torch has been passed a few times. Keeps passing. But in golf, it's like it's sticking with Tiger. It's probably because yeah. he's not quite out yet now yeah. that he's kind of still floating on the rim. But now that he's like finally pushing his way out, who's that next guy? And you're talking about who the next guy is, and, and that's interesting, and it kind of brings me back to the Patrick Cantlay thing. And, Zach, I have a question for you. I think his fear is that if they're strictly, for the most part, playing these bomber-type courses, that the imagination and the shot shaping is kind of being neglected I mean, could you potentially see that in some of the younger golfers coming up? And would that affect who that next guy is? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. The amount of imagination you have to have when you're playing a course that's 7,500 is potentially not that great. I mean, right, depending on right. what the course is, right? These guys who are growing up trying to be bred to play on on tour courses, if that's what they're playing on, they got to get their drive out there as far as they can within that window, and from there, it's, I it feels like a little bit of a bomb and gouge type of thing. I mean, you have guys like Colin Morikawa who will always be relevant with their approach game, iron play, but. I think we're going to see a lot of younger players coming up who just have raw power that are hitting the ball 330, 340 every time. And maybe they do they they have to be an all-around player to get it get to the tour. I I am. But, I, I couldn't agree more. But maybe they don't have the shot shaping that tiger has or justin thomas that's really an exciting part of the game that especially with the shot tracker technology that you see out there is just seeing these incredible shapes like bubba when he wanted augusta and that that hooked wedge from 150 whatever yards seeing shots that have to go around obstacles up over around whatever that is really I think one of the that's really magical about watching the game. Yeah. That's what draws people to it. It's not watching guys hit dead straight 340-yard drives. I mean, I think it's great watching Rory McIlroy has one of the most beautiful swings, but when you just see like a like a shot tracer that has like, you know, 3 yards of draw, 3 yards of fade, whatever, pretty straight. It's it's nice, but it's not a, it's not quite as dramatic as when something you're, out of the woods or something flop shot or something ridiculous or big long iron or yeah absolutely it's, it's totally different feeling and I couldn't agree more and I think to the point of this like new world of golf where it's mainly mainly long courses and stuff but then you see the real challenges when you go to the majors you see it all come back to reality for majors and I think that's what the specialness of majors hold. And I think that's really the prestige that lies deep in the prestige of a major championship is the fact that the course is so challenging and it brings it back to those basics and it brings it back to shot shaping. And that's what I think makes those tournaments so special is that they are completely different from like your average tour event where you're just hitting long and like doing this or doing that. So I think that really is kind of like a good mixture between all of that. Yeah. But, but what really would your keys to victory be for this course this week? I mean, we talked about it, long drivers. Long drivers, I think approach is going to be huge. Sand, save, play, sand save percentage. Sand save. Uh, and putting, you have to get guys who are comfortable on bent grass greens. And someone I want to bring up that I'm sure we all have our eyes on, Yeah, a young star in the making that's pretty much made is cam young i mean oh yeah this guy yeah. has been this Crushed guy it. this this guy's got the the all-around game and he's also grown up playing at sleepy hollow which is a gil Hans redesign and a beautiful parkland style bent grass course so he grew up playing on this grass and knows it as well as anyone in the field sure and he's just as comfortable yeah Speaking about comfortability, I'm going to tell you guys about my picks because I came in last last week. Another bad week for Ryan. 
But transitioning, we got to give you our picks for the BMW Championship. I mean, this is a big week. This is the week before the Tour Championship, so this matters. Whatever the players place this week determines their FedEx rankings, and then the FedEx rankings, the top 30, go on to the Tour Championship. So this is a big deal because in the Tour Championship, to remind everybody, you start with scores. There's so, a lot on the line And here. there's a lot on the line. A big, lot of money. Big purse, $15 million first play. I mean, there's huge purses on the line. This is an epic time. So my lineup, starting it off hot here. We talked about him earlier. Max Homa, he just got his promo from the PGA. Guy's feeling good, and he's great for this course. He's great off the tee. He's fantastic tee to green. Strokes gain total. He's got all the stats you need. He's kind of like your playoff-built golfer. I think he's just, like, excited to play against people. I think he's all built for the camaraderie. I think he's going to be having fun out there, jumping around, playing around with the media and the press. I just love his energy, and I think during playoffs you want a guy like that. And I think he plays solid fucking golf. I think he's an all-around incredible golfer. So I think Max Holmes is just going to be, like, the force to hold it down. Give him, like, a little top 20, Mm, maybe. You know, top 20 this week. Hook him up. Mm-hmm. I like it. Then I'm going to go with our boy we've been going with. I can't stop the hot streak. I'm sorry, guys. Ju Young Kim. Tom Kim, baby. I got to gotta give it to him again. What, what more can I say? Give him the credit he deserves. Didn't post a single round par at TPC Southwind. I mean, come on, man. Wow. Ride the train, man. Yeah. Ride I mean, the train. Choo-choo. Love I just love his stats, too, for the course. And I think he's going to play lights out. He's... Won and now set himself up to stay in that top 30 to compete for the Tour Championship at fucking 20 years old. So, you know, shout out to 20-year-old Wonder Boy just dominating right now. I mean, I think we're all just in agreement. Then going over, not too far, Sun J.M. on fire lately, back-to-back second-place finishes recently, and then a 12-place last week. I'm stoked for this guy. He's just such an exciting player to watch. So much power, but it's just so accurate. And when he's putting lights out, it's basically over for anyone else. So, I don't know. I like Sanjay, and I like him with these conditions. So. Love that long backswing, that slow, long backswing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I love it. Then I'm bringing it a little Canadian love here. A little yeah, eh? Fourth off the tee, Corey Connors. Mm. Bringing him back in, roping him in. Had some great golf lately, just chipping away, making cuts, keeping himself in these playoffs. I think we're going to see a refresh Connors this week, and he'll play well. 21st in approach, 17th in strokes gain total. In this field, you're going to need those two numbers, and, you know, those top 20 numbers are going to carry for you. No gimmies in the playoffs. So there you go. Next guy showing respect to here is Trey Molinex. Come on, probably get the top 10 here. I love his stats for this course. Long driver, accurate, dude, six foot four. He's just going to smoke him. 25th in birdie average, too, so don't sleep that he can score. And he's not afraid to use his wedges around the greens. Honestly, he's a great sand save player. I think he's got all the stats to play really well on this course. And he's young. He's got that heart. And then my winner, we talked about him, Cameron Young. Bringing it back to New York. Seven top ten finishes. Back-to-back second-place finishes. Did very well in the St. Jude. Now he's back to bomb this course down the fairway. Get some birdies. Long driver does well. Second place in PGA off the tee, top 15th tee to green and strokes gain total. I mean, the guy's an animal. So long course, got to have these younger guys, better contention. I, I just think he's the guy to take it home. 
he's going to take it home and then put himself up, set himself up nice for that tour championship. So, boom. There's the Solid picks. Million-dollar lineup right there, guys. I like where your head's at. Get him while it's hot. It's right there. Ooh, Ooh sizzler. Yeah. Now Brendan's up with his picks. What do you got, B? Well, I'm going to start mine off by slapping your mama with Kurt Kitayama. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Dang. The kitty. So I'm, good, he's going to slap your mama. He's going to slap your mama. And I'm digging deep for this one. You know, that's my, that's my dark horse guy right here. He's had a couple tournaments uh, in the past. Uh, yeah, Scottish Open. He had a T5. I like the way he plays. He's pretty volatile, but when he does come to play, uh, he usually plays really well and uh, gets a top five. So I like I'm him in competitive tournaments. I like yep. him in tight fields like this. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, solid. Yeah, for sure. He's a long bomber of the ball. He's a decent on approach, so it all just comes down to uh, proximity to the hole and if he can make some putts. Mm-hmm. And we're talking no cut this week, so I really just need a guy to make a bunch mm-hmm. of birdies. Right. Mm-hmm. From there, I'm going to Alabama. I'm going to go a little Davis Riley this week. Nice. Ooh, Davis. Big 38th hitter. off the tee. Big hitter. He's also semi-accurate. He's good on approach, 66 on tour, 45th tee to green. But what I'm really looking after is, again, there's no cut. I need a guy that's going to make a lot of birdies over the week, and uh, he's 15th on tour. Bam. Birdie machine. From there, unfortunately, I hate to say it, summer is winding down. It's going to start getting cold. Might need to start eating a whole lot of chili. I'm going a little Joaquin Neiman. Nice, Ooh. little Joaquin Neiman. Picking the iron game here. Good, good choice. Oh, baby. Iron game and long bomber again, man. 35th on tour and distance. He's 16th off the tee, 23rd on approach. I like him. He can get hot. He's very streaky. Again, looking at the birdies. He's tied with Riley at 15th on tour. Mm. Choo, choo. Perfect. Mm. Dude, I love Tommy Kim. Got to put him in the lineup. I said it last week. I'm going to ride him until the wheels fall off. And I'm a man of my word. He is in the lineup, <laughs> and I think he's going to yes. dominate this week. Yes. Uh, next, man, I'm going back to one of my guys from last week. I have to. Victor Hovland, man. I'm going Vicky. I have to. Mm, he's great. Wow. Great, great, great on approach. Great iron player. He's extremely long off the tee. We're talking about a course that you want to hit as far as you can, but you also have to be pinpoint accurate. He t- uh, checks both those boxes. And he's a pretty good putter, too, a 23rd on tour. I think he's going to come out again, have another great week. And uh, the birdie average, guys, it's a theme, eighth on tour. Yeah, so we're, mm. we're pulling out some some stops here. The we'll big see. birds. Boys, for the winner this week, we're going to have to get ourselves a charter, some bait. We're going big fish hunting. Tony Tuna. Oh, he picks oh, Tony Finau, the bomber. That's a Finau pick. Wow. Good for you. Guys, he's hot. We know this. On fire. He's got a top 15 last week. He had two winning finishes the week before. Last week, he didn't even play all that well, and he still had a T5. You kidding me? He's yeah, coming crazy. back this week on a course that suits him. Big bomber, great on approach. Pretty good putter, great lag putter, big greens. And not to mention, once again, we're talking birdies, 12th on tour. He's going to get a W. Love it. Mm. Bold prediction. 
but really not too solid bold. picks. Love it. I'm a little nervous, but I'm not that nervous. All right, Zach, I'm, fire away. I'm feeling good about my picks. I really like both of your lines. Well, you keep too. winning, so clearly they're doing right. So keep going. Well, go ahead. I'm just feeling it out. So we don't have too much crossover today. We've got Cam Young. He's a pick I got. And I think he's going to do great on those northeast bent grass greens. Uh, his his tee game speaks for itself, and he's a great approach player. Emiliano Grillo. He's a guy who has had some really hot finishes recently. He's got a couple of second places, and he's great value at 6,600. So I'm going to put him down there at the bottom of my lineup. Keegan Bradley, another name that we haven't seen a ton of, but he's got a great history at this event. I, he's, I believe he's tied for the lowest total score. And he's also a Northeast guy. He went to St. Yeah. John's from Vermont. Yeah. So I think he's got a good chance this week. I like the the, Jordan the comfort of playing near near your home on that same kind of layout. Yeah. And he's streaky too, and he's a long bomber. So in a no cut event, a guy that get wow, a guy that can hit the ball long and uh, get streaky with his putter, I like him too. Yeah, absolutely, Keegan. Hopefully the putter gets hot and uh, and he can do me a solid this week. Next up, I have Cameron Cameron Davis, not Cameron Smith. He's not in it this week. Cameron Davis, another Australian with a great long game course that you could say a game that's tailored to this course and he's had a red hot set of finishes recently he's had five top 15s in his last five starts he's looking really hot and i think he's gonna really contend maybe top 10 potentially even a top five Hmm. and and then who's the big w moving on I got my runner-up this week. It was really tough, but I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa as my runner-up. Oh. He's at 9,400, and what's not to love about this guy's game? He's right off a top-five finish at the FedEx St. Jude, and his I like where his fantastic. game's at. Yeah. He's, he's trending well. And my winner this week is Mr. John Rahm. Wow. I love John Rahm. Going back. He's going again with the John Rahm. I think I picked him one week too early, and I think he's going to peak this week. He's off of a top five last week, and he closed out the weekend 67-66, so he's feeling good about his game. Uh, he's got a young young kid at home with the wife, and I think everything's just clicking for him. He's had a lot of success in the playoffs, and I think he's just going to keep on stacking up these trophies. Damn, dude, that's a great call. Good bent grass putter, too. Ooh, bent grass. Yeah. Yeah, so pray for Rom this week. Pray for Rom this week. Pray for Rom. Man. If not Morikawa. That's it. Those are the picks. We just threw it mm. down. Those are all I love that Cam Davis pick, win. by the way. Mm. Yeah, Cam Davis, good call. Thanks. Let's see what happens. I like these guys. I don't feel like I necessarily have a sleeper in there. Maybe Grillo. He might be my sleeper, but he's been doing well. I think my sleeper is going to be a little Max Homa. I think he's going to throw some heat on it. Well, Trey Mullenix is really going to be my sleeper. I I mean, I'm kind of mad I didn't pick him to win. but Ambassador Homa. Ambassador Homa. Show some respect. (laughs) (laughs) 
These are not the droids you're looking for. Well, cheers for another episode of Good Lies Golf. <laughs>